Welcome to Wild Pitch, a show dedicated to the Chicago Fantasy Baseball League. I'm Derek Van Riper here with my two favorite guys, Dominic Piscatello and Matthew Wentz. Sit back, open a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello, Foot Clan, and welcome to Wild Pitch Season 3, Episode 16. Today is September 20, 2021. As always, I'm joined. Wait, you gotta do our other co host, the champion. The champ is here, baby. Rob Banford's BFF, the high nooner, the jester. How in the hell are you doing today? The great Max Janice. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. My pockets are a little heavier. Um, it was a great season. I- I'm on cloud nine. Super, ha- super excited. Um, just about um, just the week in general and just feeling good. So I got a, I got like three or four high noons in front of me. A couple of them are empty. A couple of them are full. All of them will be drank. Good times, excellent. I'm I'm and also participating in a high noon. I'm sorry I couldn't make the parade in New York. Uh, just was a little busy, but uh, I'm sure Rob, you and Rob had a good time. Ticker I actually, parade. I actually did walk by Rob's office today. It's pretty cool. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Well, I'm glad you're doing well, champ. You know, it's been a long time, and uh, we're glad you're doing well and. Glad you're not too hungover from your parade. So that's good. Heinings don't leave you hungover. No, they don't. Awesome. All right. As always, we're joined by our co-host, the executive producer, the best in the business, the number two man, the Atlanta Braves of fantasy baseball, you would say, of the early 90s, of the 90s, the commissioner, the kid for the win, the great Matt Clentz. Oh, how are you doing tonight, buddy? You know what? I'm doing well. Because this league is now full, well, almost full, of great, talented players like Max, you said, and yourself, Dom. And I just wanted just to make sure that I've always asked for it, you know, make sure that the league is full of talented players. I brought Max in. I knew he was a good player. I knew that he would win it one year, you know, and, and look at how he's done, you know, taking me down. So congratulations, Max. I knew you, you could do it. And uh, I'm happy now that we're, you know, starting to form this league of these great talented players. And uh, I owe a lot of it to myself, you know, looking at, you know, the people bringing them in and, you know, helping you down with your team a lot and, you know, coaching you guys up. So, you know, I might've came in second place, but in, in all reality, I, I've, I've come in first place. Yes. When someone else's <laughs> team wins, it's usually because of, of you so i'm sorry i didn't introduce you first but yeah i, I don't know about being, that i figure you used to be in second so i figured <laughs> that was good but, that was good. but all no. honesty man uh, no. it's a hell of i'm a doing run. good it's been a hell of a run for you you know i think pretty much everyone in the league would love to be in your shoes and been in the finals as many years as you've been so i know i haven't even sniffed it so i know i would i would love just an opportunity to Sniff the final. So, I think the PJ, only the, PJ the only talks, was, PJ talks but, about being in the money a lot, but to be second, year. if if it, if you, to be second four out of five years, I mean, that's not just being in the money. You're making a profit. So, Matt's yeah. Matt's doing the right thing. Yeah, I think the only thing that was really bad about first, second, and third place, like looking at it, I know we have in the doc here, is that third place. It's like a fucking eyesore. <laughs> So, anyways. Well, well, glad you're doing well. We appreciate you 
let you know helping other teams win, you know, over the years. So very, very humble of you. All right, yeah, congrats, Max. Sorry, congrats. Yes. All right, today's show we'll talk about the matchup recap between Gus and Scotty, and then Max and Maddie, and then Max the champ will have his uh his time to let us know how great he is. A little Matt time, AK, we would call it. And then uh, we'll ask the champ some questions. We'll have our round table, uh, talk about next year. And then we will tell us about our high nooners that we're all drinking. Sorry for uh, ruining the, the surprise, but it's the champ show, so we drink nooners. So all right, we will start with the third place matchup. Uh, between Billy Blue Balls and Scotty. Uh, it didn't end how anyone else wanted other than Gus. Uh, 6-4 victory for Gus. So congratulations to you, Gus, on third place. I get the fuck out. So, uh, <laughs> All right. Scotty, uh, fourth place after back-to-back years as the champ. Uh, not bad. So, Gus took runs, runs, homers, RBIs, stolen base, and OBP. Swept the offensive side. Um, it was pretty, you know, it was close. RBIs separated by two, stolen bases by one. Um, he had runs pretty much slown up. Uh, and then homers, he had four. And then innings pitch, it was pretty close, 72.1 to 75.1. Uh, Scotty got the one save, which was enough. Gus took K's. Uh, then Scotty did the ratio, you know, was able to keep his ratios and went ERA and whip. And when the quality starts, just couldn't steal uh, one or two categories on the offensive side. So, um, you know, we, we were all hoping for Scotty, uh, but, you know, hell of a run for Scotty. Back to back champions. And then a, a fourth place. So, uh, Maddie, what do you say? And then the champ, you can give us your thoughts on the matchup. I mean, it, it's kind of crazy because for the entire season's kind of been picking up these guys. I don't know, willy nilly is the right word, but just kind of picking them up, dropping them, picking them up. And uh, I think there's been a couple guys that like I would have put on long term deals, but that's here nor there because of what we're talking about. But regardless of that, I think Gus has maybe shown that you could pick up a guy or two each week, a hitter that is, excuse me, and kind of like have him go off. I mean, look at Link Thompson and Kiner Falefa. I know, Max, he was your catcher for most of the season because he had those stolen bases. He picked them up when he played me, and the guy got three stolen bases. And then then he picks up – and then he has them for, you know, the week with Scott. He has a stolen base. And then look, you see what Lane Thompson did? The guy had a yeah. 351 OBP, seven runs, two home runs, three, two RBIs, two stolen bases. I think Washington might have found their leadoff hitter for the future. I mean, the guy is tearing it up, you know, small sample size, of course. But yeah. regardless of that, I, I think that – I guess all I'm saying is that Gus kind of has proven that you can do a little research, figure out who this, you know – or one or two guys are going to be every week. You know, I know I've tried it in the past and going back to John Jay and things like that. 
it never worked <laughs> out. But um, <laughs> but I'm I mean, so scarred by that. <laughs> oh, I'm so so scarred every time I, I uh, hear Scott White's voice. I think of John Jay. Um, but then uh, on Scott's side, you know, I mean, I don't know. Just it was closer than you know. I think the six four really shows. I mean, there's only a couple RBIs, one stolen base, and you pretty much had a five, five tie, maybe, you know, six, four, or, uh, uh, sorry, five, four Scott, but, um, yeah, he kind of max, I mean, uh, Gus had a good offensive week. So regardless of that, like you said, bye-bye. Champ, your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, pretty much the same thing. Scott's Scott's injuries, I think caught up with him last week when he played me, caught up with him this week when he played Gus, um, Mondesi was on the skids. Um, Mookie Betts is, I mean, Mookie Betts two zero one and a two oh seven OBP. That's not Mookie Betts. Uh, yeah, happened, the, like that's crazy, right? Sorry, yeah, I just it, it, it's yeah. I mean, and then you see Hoskins who was having a great year and Trout on his on his IL. It's it, it's this team should have done better, but you know he he couldn't put a he couldn't put together an offensive week last week against me he didn't put it his team didn't put an offensive week together this week against against Gus I do think he played his pitching what right though he got the save and then he was a little more strategic um you know kind of punted K's but knew you know he had enough volume and pitching to where he could get quality starts and keep his ratios low um it's just his again I don't know who had the tiebreaker but to not win a single batting category I mean he can't he can't win a week that way um especially with Gus throwing 14 pitchers and just get a get case no matter what. Um, so, yeah, I mean, still had a huge week from Buxton. Um, and then Muncie just kind of cooled off. Another thing that like Scott picked up CJ Cron right at the end of the year. And that guy performed even this, even in the past week. So I think CJ Cron was a big part of his run uh, the last month of the season as well. So oh, yeah. I think that Gus has made a Gus made a lot of savvy moves on the waiver wire. But so did so did people like Scott, PJ, um, myself, that we, we found we found diamonds um, on the wire that kind of kept us competitive uh, when our teams did start to s- start to slip a little bit, whether it was an injury like to Mike Trout or for me, for Acuna, um, able to replace them, um, whether it was through a trade or somebody off the waiver wire. Uh, that's what got Scott to the playoffs. And hopefully people can emulate that all all year next year when. They think it's time to sell off. Just look at the waiver wire. Hopefully, add a couple of pieces and stay competitive a little bit longer. Yeah, and I sorry, real fast though. You, Scott, and PJ, you guys find diamonds. You guys found like platinum. I mean, to find like I'm sorry, like did you see that? What's the name? Went thirty thirty for PJ. Um, I I forget the guy. Mullins. Mullins. Yeah, thirty thirty guy. Like. No, I, I actually thought he was going to be good. I, I didn't think he was going to be that good. I thought he'd be a good, you know, whatever, bench batter, fill-in guy. Um, I didn't think that. The athletic thought that, and I was, you know, taking what they were saying and go for it. But uh, with Crone and – geez, these games, uh, these neuters kind of make you burp a little bit. Um, <laughs> the, it's the carbonation. Seltzer. It's the it seltzer. is the seltzer. It is. It's um, the soda in that bucket. And uh, um, you're with – you know, you found a couple – what I was, I guess, trying to say is that Gus, I felt like he was a little more, not saying strategic, strategically did it, but he just was like, he, he did it consistently. Mm-hmm. And he never found one guy. And even if he did find him, he didn't put him on a contract. He dumped him after a couple of weeks. 
Yep. So he, he just kept churning the butter. And after a while, he got a nice, you know, stick, I guess you could say. Yeah, even Lane Thomas, even Lane Thomas did nothing for him in the semifinal. And part of the reason that he lost to you was like, I, I, I'm not going to pull it up, but Lane Thomas well, didn't do much, but he held on to him one more week and he had a huge week, but it's kind of like he, he picks two these guys he, up. Yeah. He picks these guys up. Like when, when they, when they hit, when they hit podcasts about this guy to stream, he rides he him for two week or three weeks. Yeah. He rides him two or three weeks and then drops him. Yeah. you know, and, and then, it bit him in the ass with uh, Garcia yeah, because Garcia stayed hot like two or three more weeks after he dropped him, but Garcia eventually cooled off the outfielder for Texas. So yeah, he did. Well, yeah, he so, didn't have them though. That was Dave had him. No, Gus had him, picked him up. He yeah. did and then dropped him. Yeah, Gus, Gus dropped him, too, and then right. Dave, Dave, like kind of rode him, rode him the rest of the time. So, you know, Gus, you know, playing with that budget, like wanting those thirty to forty dollars that he might have spent through the season and selling off contracts for more, more moves. I mean. We never saw it before. Um, we we're definitely not going to see it from him again. But I think there's a lot to there's a lot to learn from what he did this year. Where, you know, keep your roster a little flexible to where you're not you're not holding on to somebody that's underperforming because they're in a three year contract. You know, you're just put them in a one year, get over it, and kind of have more of a year to year strategy, um, which I think Gus very much had this year. And you know, last thing, you know, it kind of is going to lead into the next uh, matchup, but. Gus and me both finished in the top three where I had zero quality starts and he had zero saves. I, I think I had one case one week, but I mean, we basically, basically punted a category or two and basically finished in the top three. So it's something to be said for that as well. I think, you know, looking at the, looking at their rosters, Scotty or Gus having three more offensive bench spots, Gave him that uh, 19 more at bats and over Scotty, which, you know, really made a, a huge difference. You know, probably, you know, he, Gus wins RBIs by two, stole bases by one, and homers by four. Like, you know, that is probably the difference in why he was able to steal those, all those offensive categories from Scotty. So, you know, but again, you know, he was, he was playing the pitching. Uh, side there with his matchups and then uh, the offensive, you know, his his guys, you know, his guys that he thought were going to perform didn't perform. And obviously, Mike Trout pretty much being gone the whole second half didn't help him either. No. And I think, you know, Scott uh, had the three trophies as his, uh, you know, his, uh, his name with the dot, dot, dot. And I think he filled it in perfectly. Yeah. Now, Fourth place, that's what it was. <laughs> he it wasn't trying to say he's got three trophies. He's just saying that the next time around, which is this season, he's going to get fourth place. So he was right the whole time. That's why he's the goat. All right, calm down with that. Jeez. Sorry, Bo. I don't mean to upset you, Bo. You say Bo? You call me Bo? You're the boat. Best of all time. He's the greatest of all time. You're the best of all time. <laughs> That's great. Big boat. Everyone loves a good boat. You know, you're a boat at Bass Lake. Yeah, he's on a boat a lot. He's a goat. Yeah. You're the boat. We're getting a new boat. I'm not getting a new boat, but they are. Uh, 
All right. So anything else to add, gentlemen? No. Bye-bye. All right. Scotty, congrats. On fourth, we were rooting for you third, Gus. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring me, Gus. All right. We'll move on to the, the championship match. Match up here. 7-3 victory for the gesture. Uh, this makes me laugh seeing your picture of your buddy with the clown nose on. You got to change that next year. You know, Why? It's great. I, I feel like clinic. It's annoying. Like clown nose. Yeah, put clinic with a clown nose. That'd be uh, a great one. <laughs> hey, make fun of my clinic. You should put a plate under a rod because he's, he's hot. He's on fire. Yeah. Uh, I got. I got his back. He's walking out to the to the ceremony. Or, uh, Max. Triple A. That's where he's going. He's <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so going out to the parking lot. Jersey. Like, I'm taking this fucking jersey. That's all I got. Mm. Clubhouse manager's chasing down the hallway. <laughs> Give us that back. All right. Anyway. Uh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> uh, victory for uh, runs 30 to 30 for you, uh, Matt. Uh, uh, 12 to 6 in homers advantage of Max. 39 to 19 Oof. in RBIs. Advantage Max. 6 stolen bases to Matt's 2. Uh, 4 OBP 358 to Matt's 349. That's that's solid. Uh, saves. <laughs> 11 to 10. 11 to 10 advantage Max. 54 Ks to Matt's 35. Maddie's stealing the ratios there with uh, 2.19 to Max's 3.30. And then a solid whip of 0.93 to Max's 1.37. And then those two quality starts. But the grand total of a 7 3 victory uh, is all that matters there. So, (laughs) Dom, you actually misread my saves. It was. Eight saves and three cute saves. Yeah, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, I had didn't. I had three cuties, I, right. three cute saves, three cuties, no seeds, yeah. easy to peel. Got it. Yep. Want to <laughs> clarify? He 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 had uh, four cute saves on Sunday night, which is uh, redonkulous. You know? Right, yeah, I like I like how uh, I would say Nick, Ander- Nick Anderson got a save and then went right on the IL. <laughs> yeah, he threw he threw one pitch, and, and the trainer wanted to come out because he was watching it on the, the rundown. And he's like, "No, no, I got this." Through the save, and then and literally, like they reported IL like five hours later. Perfect. Right. He so, did exactly what he needed to do. Yeah. A solid first baseman, Brendan Lau or Low, however you want to call. Two runs, no homers, three RBIs, no stolen base, but a four. Point four oh nine OBP. Uh, Randy, all I do is eat chicken for breakfast. Three runs, no homers. Three Sorry. RBIs, two two stolen bases, <laughs> but a four seventy six OBP. Very nice. Luis Robert, two runs, two homers, five RBIs, and a four hundred OBP. Very nice there. And then the the cream that rises to the top, the Vado. The fireman himself. Three runs, two homers, three RBIs. Zero Another one of Max's diamonds in the rough. 
a cute <laughs> a five twenty six. So very nice there. And then we don't want to even talk about your. What are we doing? We're we just gonna read through every one of his players. This is okay, like all right, all right, all right, all right. Hey, listen, I will right, get to you. Vlad Guerrero, one run, zero homer, <laughs> zero RBI, zero stolen bases in a two sixty seven OBP. India, five. Runs, zero homers, zero RBIs, <laughs> zero stolen bases. <laughs> Bobo shot, one run, zero homers, one RBI, one stolen base. Oh, let's two, get to the Yelich. Uh, we'll, skip, we'll skip Soto because he did something. Yelich, zero runs, zero homers, one RBI, zero stolen mm. base, a 250, and 46 beautiful dollars for next year. <laughs> and my favorite. My favorite, Frank the, Frank the Tank. Tank. <laughs> Four runs, zero homers, you piece of fucking shit. <laughs> zero, zero RBIs, zero, and zero stolen bases. <laughs> and then the cream that rises to the top, you more clinic, one run, zero homers, zero <laughs> RBIs. But he had a stolen base and a solid 188 OBP. Get that man. Get, get, get in line to get that guy for next year. So, and Adele on the IL. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw this. I saw, I was watching the um, Angels game, I think, uh, Tuesday, and Adele and uh, Trout were sitting next to each other, <laughs> laughing it up. Yeah, enjoy, enjoying their, uh, their paychecks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally they were. And Adele's like, hey, if I took all my paychecks and I, I added them all up, I'd make a quarter what you made in one week. In one He's game. Like, in one game, yeah. Yeah. All right. Buddy, we'll let you go first, and then the champ can close out what he thought about his championship matchup. All right. Well, with all honesty and all seriousness, seriousness congratulations, Max. Uh, you well deserved this, uh, well earned, well deserved, whatever you want to say. I mean, you basically were the first place team in the beginning of the year, and now you're the first place team going into the next year. So um, we'll have to pry that trophy out of Scotty's hands and uh, get your name engraved on it. Um, so I don't know how we're going to get it to you. I'm not going <laughs> to, <laughs> you might have to wait till the next time you come in town. So um, otherwise, than that, uh, congratulations. Um, I we kind of talked about it in the fist fight. You, you know, I looked at every week. You know, you had for the most part, your guys were consistent. I think you were one of the more consistent teams. You had some weeks where you know you you kind of played the matchups here and there, but for the most part, you were able to play every category. Um, and what I mean by that is this week, eleven saves. You know, with you know the quality charts, you know you only needed a couple. Um, so you set your guys, but you were able to swing it to where you got the saves. Um, by, you know, picking up two guys and in three days, they got you four saves, you know? So, um, again, it kind of goes back to what you're saying. Look on the waiver wire. There's going to be these guys out there. If it's in one week, you know, or go back to what we were saying about Gus and where you keep them for maybe two or three weeks and then jump them. But there's guys to play, having a little bit more money, being savvy with it, or, you know, kind of just, doing your due diligence, you can find guys that will help you out. So um, regardless of that, you had a really good team. You got stronger too for next year with picking up Story and um, and um, Tucker to kind of help you out with that. Some of your late season ads and Hap and um, – what else did you add at late season? You had someone else. 
That's pretty much it. I guess that was it. Yeah, never mind. So, um, and then adding, you know, probably franchising to Acuna or no? You're going to have the hometown on him? Maybe. Uh, I don't know we'll what see. I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm okay. going to do. I mean, Vado, right. Vado at $11 is very, very intriguing. Sure, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, he's like 60. Um, but anyways, regardless of that, I, um, I, 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 we're going to talk about it later. We're going to give you your moment to shine. I think we're going to ask you a couple of questions. It might be just be me asking a couple of questions, but regardless of that, um, kind of looking at the matchup, you know, I, I'm just going to say it. My, you know, I had basically the number I do have right now, the number one, number two player overall in uh, Soto and Grail. Soto went off 10, three, six, zero, 686. Great. We already Vlad, that. I, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Grail, one, zero, 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 you know, 267. So um, I, I kind of wish it was a little bit better than that, and it wasn't. So um, congratulations. Good job. At 11, when I woke up on Monday, because I, I was telling you guys, I really didn't check it, but I saw four saves. I was like, come on. I, I would have been – a 6-4 would have been nice, but uh, nope. Yeah, I got I got one cute save on Sunday. You got four saves on Sunday. No, but one of them was cute from um, – oh, Okay. Oh, yeah. From Joe Barlow. Yeah. The cute closer I picked up mid- midweek. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. like, I mean, Natchev started out. And I threw Manoa because he threw like a, a gem last week against Scott that really allowed me to <clears throat> have a good solid foundation to kind of strategize and maneuver off of with pitching. So I throw Manoa and he just blows it. I mean, I think he had a, a nine ERA and a three whip over five innings. It was terrible. Um, but he, he ended with a three uh, whip and a one three eight. It wasn't bad. It wasn't like he did the against he, Oakland early in the he, month. Yeah. I mean, he, he kind of, I mean, there's no saving a three whip though after five innings. Like, so at that point I knew I was, I was kind of like the ratios would go away. And that's when I pivoted to like, okay, I can't get, I can't get ERA and whip. So, or one of the two. So I got to get saves. And that's when I decided to pick up Michael Fulmer and Joe Barlow midweek. They ended mm-hmm. up getting me three saves total, uh, which kind of won the category for me. Um, and then with the, with the, with on the batting side, like I was like, okay, I got three, but I mean, when you look at Matt's team, it's stacked. Like you, like you said, you have two of the top five or two. Yeah. Two of the top five players, India, 20 home run rookie, crazy good Bregman Devers. Um, just, you have a stacked lineup. And I was like, <clears throat> I, I knew that I came out hot with some batting categories. Um, but I thought I was looking at steals and OBP as like my ability to kind of take those two categories, get a tie and win the championship. Um, and then your guys just didn't hit and my guys hit. So I'm not going to say that 30 runs or 39 RBIs is anything special, but 12, 12 home runs would win on a, on a pretty much on a weekly basis. Six deals would definitely win on a weekly basis and a 358 OBP. That's a coin flip. So my team needed to do what it did. Uh, I don't remember many weeks where I had somebody turn in a line like Soto. 10 runs, three RBIs, or three home runs, six RBIs. The only time I had any numbers like that was when Votto was just going crazy. Um, I I just – I really feel like my team was consistent weekly. Um, And if you look at the top 50 players on the batting side, um, I have Simeon, who had a great season – I'm glad I got him where I got him. But other than that, I only have Brandon Lau, Joey Votto, and Kyle Tucker 
as top 50 players. Everyone else that I have is, is lower than top 50. Um, and then if you look at pitching, which being matched up with Matt, it really doesn't matter. Um, Zach Wheeler, Garrett Cole, Lance Lynn. Like I have all those guys, but I still ended up with three of the top four closers in the league with uh, Kenley Jansen and Rysel Iglesias. So I kind of, like Matt said, I kind of spread, spread. I, I, because of Hater having Hater for a dollar, I was able to kind of spread my strategy um, to where I had a good foundation on closers and starters um, to where I think I was kind of the, um, I, I was kind of the trump card against both Gus who was streaming pitching to where I could steal, I could steal the right categories against him. And I, I kind of had the, had the, had the trump card against Matt all year where, you know, we, we played each other five times and I won four weeks. Um, Cause I kind of had the, I could match up with his closers and get steal, uh, get saves and he couldn't win the pitching categories. So all in all, really happy about the results. And, you know, I, I own a lot of these guys next year. So I think, I think I could go back to back just like, uh, just like Scott did recently and Matt did a long, long, long time ago. Calm down. It wasn't that long ago. Was it like in the aughts? Like where it was like a zero, eight, zero, seven? No, I'll tell you right now. It was 012 and 02. I mean, 2012 and, two, <laughs> and 2012. 2011 and 2012. I went back to back. So closer to the, the zero nine than to the like yeah, two yeah, one. Yeah, we're talking we're talking like ten, you know, a decade ten ago. nine years ago. Uh, no, fine, close to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, nine years ago. So well, yeah, really I'm, happy with really happy with the result. I I was nervous all the way up until like, I think uh, I think when Randy Rosarena stole the base on Sunday, I was like, that's it. I have a tire better. So, but I was I was still kind of. I was still kind of anxious about everything until about Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Cause I just, I, I just felt like runs Matt ended up taking runs saves. I never had really had locked up until, until the end when I was able to get four saves in the afternoon games on Sunday. And until I secured the, until I secured stolen bases, I was worried. And, and like, you know, we can talk about this later too, with like the, you know, next season and whatnot. But I think I, I kind of had a dumb move, I guess, in hindsight, I don't know. You know, I, I like Bruhan a lot, but I totally forgot that the um, extended rosters was only 28 and it wasn't going to be like, you know, the 39 or 40 or whatever it was the years past. And I forgot that the AAA, contra- or the AAA season was extended longer because I really did hope Bruhan was going to come up. I mean, the guy was a, he, had, he has 45 stolen bases um, in AAA and, you know, I, they already brought him up once. I'm like, oh, they'll bring him up, you know, when rosters expand. But they just kept switching out their pitchers, and they never brought him up. And I was really hoping that they were going to bring up Bruhan. And, like, to, to be honest, like, he was going to get me, you know, five or six runs and two or three stolen bases. And I thought that with that help, you know, I was even thinking he was going to be brought up when I was playing Gus. And hopefully that, that would have helped me during the time I was playing Max and never happened. So, um but, yeah, steals uh, were steals were always your bugaboo. I even said that at the beginning of the year. Like I was like, who's going to steal bases for you? Yeah, they they were. So it's almost they, like you. I mean, Yelich didn't steal any. You were probably expecting thirty out of him, 30, twenty-five to thirty out of him. He didn't steal yeah, any. 
Yeah, and then I was—I mean, honestly, I was—I was expecting at least fifteen out of Marte and about twenty out of Yelich, and I got four total out of those guys. Yeah. So that—I so that, mean, that, that was that was a lot of it. And and honest, honestly, I thought Clinic would would have got me at least fifteen, maybe yeah. you know. And he well, Adele too. Spits. I mean, Adele, Clinic, Bruhan yeah. were kind of your steel sources, and none of those guys are playing for you at the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, when I lost Acuna, I still had – I mean, they didn't let Robert run anymore after his hip injury. But, you know, I had Tucker, Hap. Hayes started running, which I really like to see going into next year. Simeon always throwing one or two, and then Varsho as well. So, like, I don't have any steals guys, but I have a lot of guys that steal, you know, a little bit. And I think that helps a lot. Yeah. So, but, again, you know, uh, congrats – Max and uh, yeah. And what about that Gallegos pickup for four saves this week? That was huge. Yes. Barlow got me two. That was cute. Michael Michael Fulmer, your old player, put the put the dagger in the saves category yeah. for me. Just with like his a, one. Just like a, I mean, it wasn't as bad as uh, Robbie Ray, but it was uh, it was up there. Yeah. So it was good. Mm-hmm. Good matchup. It was a good matchup. It, it was. It was. Uh, I'll be honest. It was. I went to the Cubs game with Scott, and I, I kind of sat there and I told him, "I'm like, listen, playing against Max, I don't care at the end of it if I do lose, because at the point I kind of thought I was. But I'm like, just knowing that you're not in it, and I'm in it, is like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like so much. There's so much enjoyment right now for me. <laughs> um, but I wanted to win. I really wanted to win really bad. Well, I'm glad that my I'm glad that the road to my championship went through Scott and you. So yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if there was a way to win, the way you did it was awesome. I, I would, I would, I would, uh, I would be making fun of both of us for a very long time. Yeah, nothing to make fun about. Everyone tries hard. Mm-hmm. Well, well, most people. Most people. <laughs> most people All right, so. The floor is yours, champ. Tell us how great you are, how bad everyone is, whatever you want to do. It's your time. Uh, it's my, I, I, I think I've said enough. I'm not, you know, I, I don't have like a rap that we heard last year. Actually, if Scott could do one thing for me, he could make like a clip art with me with the, like a Cincinnati hat on, on top of Stone Cold Steve Austin, slam together some high noons and just chugging them. That would be a great. That would be. That's the only thing that's going to replace Rob Manford's. Um, Rob Manford's uh, clown nose for next year. But I mean, I'm happy. I mean, I, I joined the league four years ago. I didn't know what the hell I was doing the first year. Had a lot of questions about the rules. So much so to where I missed my franchise tag in the second year, and um, story got put back into the draft. And you guys, you know, held me accountable to the rules, which you know there was a lot of. You know, somebody that joined the league recently ha- always had pushback on the rules and wondered why the hell we were, you guys did what you were doing and kind of took my lumps, lost story for, I think he was going to be $11 in my second year. Um, but just, you know, really glad that I was able to win it with, you know, I was able to move Hater mid-year, which was always like after my, after my second year, I was like, man, I should have never moved Cole for Hater to Matt because I think, you know, that was just very, you know, not really knowing the league and how the league was scored. I think that was a big mistake. Um, but, you know, I was able to move Hayter this year and kind of propel myself into the into the playoffs when after I lost to Cunha. 
because I think I was on the skids when I lost to Cunha. Um, didn't really think that – I didn't think my – I thought my championship hopes were out the window when I lost him. So, Hader was able to make me regroup. I still had Cole on my team by ditching Adele last year, you know, selling when um, the prospect was at his highest. And, you know, it just – it, it kind of all worked out. You know, Brandon Lau didn't have a great week, but that's another piece that I picked up last year in the draft. Um, missing the playoffs last year was heartbreaking for me, but, you know, I, I really think I positioned myself well. Even though I lost Tatis, I gained Acuna. I put a couple guys on long-term contracts, like Robert, who I think is going to be a superstar next year, um, Randy Rosarena. So I did a lot of things last year that I think positioned myself well for this year. So where, again, I just had that consistent base of five category guys on my team where I didn't, I wasn't depending on one guy for steals or a few guys for home home runs that everybody could deliver. And when you see that again, stat lines like, um, like Soto had last week were very rare on my teams all year long or very rare on my weeks all year long. Like even thinking about like Cedric Mullins for PJ would have huge weeks. Like I never, I really never experienced that. And I just kind of, you know, my team just had a pace. And when one guy had a bad week, another guy had a good week and just strung some things together. So really happy. And more importantly, I'm happy about my where I'm positioning myself for next year. I think that my team is, you know, I, I'm going to be picking divisions next year, but I think I, I'm think I'm going into it as one of the, you know, three or four favorites going into next year. Wait, hold on one second. I know Soda had a good week. The, your first week, the very first week, you had Simeon. He went six, three, five, and two. Yeah, it was a low OBP, but that was pretty good. You also had Has. I mean, you also had Hosmer go five, three, and eight with a four twenty one OBP. Come on, don't say that. You also had Kiner. Hosmer's Falefa. on the waiver wire. I know, but you said you didn't have a week like that. Your very first week, Kiner Falefa had seven, two, six, and one. The, fir- the first on. week is a the first week is a double week, Matt. All right, fine. I'll go to the third week. Then. Go to the third week where you played me again and I beat you. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. That's the, <laughs> that's the only ones I'm going to. And you didn't have anybody that went off like that. Mm-mm. Yeah, you did. Like, no, I didn't. I can, like, you have no one even on your team that Okay. Wow. The only, our, the only our time I was, That was a Vod, bad week for both of us. Vado against, against Scott was like the big week that I can remember. Where it's just like, I mean, you got it. Seeger was a top 10 player. So of course Seeger's going to have giant or ex, not, excuse me, not Seeger. Um, I'm looking at his name. Um, Simeon is of course going to have a couple big weeks along the way, but you know, it, I mean, Vada went off one week, four, three, eight with almost a 500 OBP. Yeah. I know, week, about, uh, I know about eight. Vado, but Brandon Loudon had just as many terrible weeks like he did this last week as good weeks or decent weeks. Matt Chapman has been a thorn in my side all year long. Um, Randy Rosarena, everything comes in bunches with him, but none of them were like four home run weeks, six steal weeks. I never had any of that stuff. Randy Rosarena, week seven, nine, three, eight, one, four, fifty OBP. Okay. And the same week you also had Crawford go seven, two, eight with a three fifty OBP. Verdugo went three one and three with a four something OBP, and Acuna was four three and seven. three one three with a four something is not. And eh, it's not great. that bad. And then La was bad. pretty good. It's that not week, what it's not what you, Juan Soto did for you this week. Yeah, his OBP is crazy, but that's what you know. 
that's what propels him to that much. But 10, it was, I mean, he had no stolen bases, 10 runs. I mean, people had high, Dom, look at Dom's weeks. Dom's had some crazy ones like that. But you're right. I mean, it was more of a consistent every day, I mean, every week for you. So, yeah. You had a bad week. Vlad Guerrero and Bobachet had bad weeks. I have Ronald Acuna yeah. on the IL. So, yeah. Uh, I was going to, you know, while you got the floor, just ask you a couple of questions or one or so. You know, um, at the beginning of the season, you and I were talking, you know, about trades and stuff like that. I think, you know, we're on $20 for Randy or Rosarena. Maybe we're even talking. I think I offered 36 for Randy and Robert, right? Wasn't that it at the beginning of the season? Yeah, something like that, yeah. And you're like, no, no, no. And honestly, I don't think you ever would have traded with me, you know. <laughs> maybe you were in my season. division. Yeah, I know. I understand. I mean, those are two guys that, I mean, Robert helped you win the, you know, you know, he was definitely in it for you at the end of the season. And Randy was there for you at the end of the season. But two guys you were thinking about trading beginning the season, I don't think you thought that anybody valued him as much as you did, where I actually valued him, you know, I, I would probably would have paid a little bit more. I valued him probably much as you did. But on the flip side, you're going to keep those guys. Mm-hmm. You also got Story and Tucker from Dave. Um, so, you know, that base of those four guys all kind of coming up, you know, younger guys kind of coming to their own, I would say, maybe not stories as, as much as, uh, those other three, but you know, um, you also got half kind of, as it fit in the same mold? I feel like you have a lot of those guys that are all on the, you know, precipice, if you will, of getting a huge season, but they also could have a good, or I'm sorry, a, a bad you know, one of those downturns as mm-hmm. a lot of these guys do. Are you worried about that next year? Cause you know, you just talked about how much you think your, your team's so good and everything like that. Just kind of play devil's advocate, even though I do think it is good. Are you worried about any of these guys taking a little bit of a hit next year? Um, yeah, I mean, I am Randy. And, and, Rose, I think that was the one Randy, I was going to say was Randy. Randy Rosarena. has been very inconsistent. Yeah, but I well, think he can get better. He would have to be. Uh, he's a rookie. And a team that will play him. He's still he's still classified as a rookie, so I think he can get better. Luis Rivera, uh, it sucks that he lost this year to injury, but he's come back strong. So I, I'm expecting, but he's also like every time I watch a, a Sox tele- telecaster talking about how he's motivated, wants to be a 30-30 guy next year. So um, Kyle Tucker, I think, has cemented himself as a top 15 outfielder, and I'm going to have him for a buck next year. So I, I think my outfield is is strong to where I've honestly thought about maybe shopping Acuna in the offseason um, and just see what see what kind of return I can get. And then Dude, let's talk. Let's talk. And, and then I, I mean my pitching. I have Manoa next year. I have I have uh, McClanahan next year. Max Freed has been on fire for the last sixty days. And if I can have this Max Freed next year. I mean, he's an ace. He was a Cy Young guy in 2020. Really bad start to the year this year, but has blown up since. Um, Ian Anderson is another guy that I could think I think could be do, pretty good for me next year. And then also Cisco Sanchez should be coming back from injury. So I think that I have like that a very cheap SP two, three, four, five, and then I also have three closers under contract next year. Joe Barlow. I picked up uh, Jordan Romero at the end of the season. And then I have Nick Anderson, who I think is going to be one of those Tampa Bay type closers where he gets 15 saves throughout the year next year. Um, 
So again, I don't, I mean, I just think I have a good foundation to where when I'm going in the draft, I can focus my dollars on, on my needs and hopefully find a couple guys like the Brandon Lowe's Brandon Lowe's where, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of ahead of everyone else on him. And we haven't mentioned Varsho who I think is going to be a top five catcher next year for a buck. Yeah. And I kind of was looking at your pitching staff and that was one thing that I kind of like about your team more so even than my team going into it is I think you can kind of, you know, really focus in on like one or two, not even categories, but just like players to help you in certain situations again, going into the next season. Um, if you want to play it, however you will, but um, you got a good foundation. You're right about that. And I think a lot of your, your whole team kind of reminds me of Scott's team, like, four years ago, I think it was, or going, when he first won his championship, he kind of, that the first of the three, he had it kind of set up the exact same way. He had a, a really good young base of hitters, two or three or four pitchers, I remember. And um, he kind of just, kind of just, the draft was, just came to him. Like, it was crazy. I think there was a year he got destroyed for $20. And uh, it just kind of like, and someone else came to him. And at the end of the draft, I was like, man, like you got all these guys, like three or four guys that was like crazy about like, or not crazy about, but just crazy that you got him for cheap amounts. He's like, yeah, no one wanted him. And again, it just kind of fell in his lap. So um, kudos to you. Hopefully it kind of plays out that way to you again. But um, yeah, we'll see. You're, you're, you're set up pretty nicely too. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I, again, yes, I, I do believe I am, but I also took a huge hit if I want to change the way that I, um, yeah, you're, I change... you're starting from, you're starting from scratch on your pitching. Correct. If, if I even want to change it, I would have to start from scratch or I'd have to make some pretty big moves in the offseason so, um, to acquire some stuff. But, um, you know, I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning. I wasn't kidding. I, you know, with Dom, you and, you know, Scott, me, even look at Sean and uh, um, Ken, like all the way up until the last like, week or two, those guys were picking up players, dropping. They were dro- Sean was dropping long-term guys, picking up another guy and put him on a long-term contract just because he was playing better and maybe had a better outlook for the next season. That's some, that's some hardcore stuff there. And that's, uh, it's awesome. So, so Max, you, I just wanted to confirm, you drafted Jansen and Iglesias, right? Yes. And was there anyone of your other closers that you drafted? Um, I drafted Barnes and Barnes. Okay. Which was, which was huge for the first, you know, for 75% of the season. Then he just fell off that guy. I don't know why Boston signed him. You didn't, you didn't draft Nick Anderson. No, I picked him up. Uh, Sean, Sean drafted him. He got hurt. Sean. Oh, that was right. Okay. Okay. And then I picked him up later. So would you say your, um, Reliever closers, ups were your, you were your best, or what was your your best pickup off the waivers? Well, besides Mr. Votto, um, yes, Brandon Crawford goes without saying. Yeah, Brandon Crawford definitely helped my team for like those midweeks when I was struggling at shortstop. Um, I it's before I got Story, I didn't have a shortstop. Like it was always. Like I, I would have Simeon there and I'd have Brandon Lau at second and Brandon Lau was terrible in the first half of the season. He couldn't hit lefties again, but that all changed after the all-star break um, to where I, I could start using Brandon Lau more as a, a utility player. But 
I think Brandon Crawford did a lot for me. I had Evan Longoria for like three or four weeks, and during that time he hit some clutch home runs in weekly matchups. Ian Happ was a big pickup at the end of the year. Um, and then starting pitching-wise, I think Al- Alec Manoa was just – I think he's rookie of the year in the AL, if you ask me. Um, I just don't know who else you would give it to in that in that league, but he's he's been great for me um, throughout the year. So I think I had a couple good pickups. McClanahan was another pickup. I didn't draft McClanahan. And, but when I started hearing about how – he was only pitching – when I first got him, he was only pitching like three or four innings. But everybody was saying they were going to stretch him out to six. And he had he had big K upside. So, I'm glad I got him. And I'm still stamping him as like next year's uh, glass now type player because he's developed a third pitch. They're easily yeah, pitching him through he six. Looks good. He's going to be sick next year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, again, I think I had good waiver moves. Um but if I had to say my best waiver move was probably Brandon Lau, um, even over Vado when I didn't have a shortstop before I got story. Yeah, I thought it was impressive the way you were able to work your closers. So you know, I feel like that's what everyone was trying to do, was yeah. get those waiver guys, uh, especially the closers. Well, I was, I was glad in the last week that people kind of left – my Fulmer and uh, Barlow bids alone. I think Barlow will be the closer next year in Texas. I don't think Fulmer will, Fulmer will probably move on next year. But, yeah, when, when those – I think there was, you know, the unfortunate the unfortunate thing we had happening with Memo running out of his budget in the semifinal um, that kind of had to force my hand on some strategy and then I had to pay a fine. It sucks, but – that's what the that's what the rules are as written right now, and that's fine. But I think that kind of kind of got the league to leave the leave the championship matchup alone and let me get my guys and go from there. So if that's what happened, I appreciate it, league. I think you're all in my corner trying to beat this guy, <laughs> this kid for the win. And two twenty two going to next season with um, with uh, how many guys you got? You got. Uh... 14, yeah, I mean, I don't have 10. any fine. I think I have one, two dollars in fines for dropping one, Edward one Cabrera. Dollar. No, I dropped Edward Cabrera too. He was on okay. a two-year, so I think I'm negative one dollar going into next year. That, oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You had negative one dollar. Yeah. Yeah. So I got I got a full budget. Oh, you, you had two. You had, you dropped um, Badu, and then you dropped someone else, Edward Cabrera. Yep. So, so I'm minus two dollars. Two dollars in fines. For drop so contracts, two hundred and twenty-one dollars or two hundred and twenty dollars. Let's say I got money. I got money. You got, you got a lot of money. Yeah, Acuna is on the market. Two hundred. Wow, that's a lot. I'm looking at myself. I got only three dollars in fines, and I got oh, well, that fifty-six dollars sucks. Forty-six dollars. I'm yelling. That that um that Yelich contract is gonna hurt you. I don't think it's gonna hurt me too much. What did I say? Two twenty for you. I got two sixteen, so we're good. But you have a lot more players, and I, I, you have fourteen. I have eight. So we'll see. Ken's got a full roster. Ken does have a full roster. So, um, with that being said, maybe we can talk about next year a little bit. Yeah. Round table. 
Yeah, I mean, I think just looking at next year's teams, I mean, Niz has a lot of guys. Hopefully he learned his lesson and he'll drop a few of them in the offseason that he doesn't he shouldn't he shouldn't have rostered. Um but I like I think Niz has a has a workable roster. Um Chris I, I like Chris's like I don't know what he's a he's a Brewer fan, right? Yes. Yes. And that that uh Ashby pickup was like another sneaky Woodruff Corbin Burns pickup. He drafted those two guys though. Yeah, he drafted them, but like the Ashby in a four year contract, they keep I mean, he's gonna have great pitching again next year. He's gonna have Brandon Woodruff franchise, Corbin Burns, Tristan McKenzie. I mean that that's solid to build off of. Yeah. So whoever takes over Gus's team is gonna have two studs. Dave's got a lot of work to do. We're just talking about talking about next year. Um, we don't necessarily we can talk about other teams. We can talk about where we want. But I was gonna say um, a couple of things that we've talked about, like you know, just the the playoff um, thing. And I'm not saying it for this year, but we've talked about it before. Having the we, we've talked about actually, I looked back at it. We talked the last five years. We talked about two week playoffs, and uh, I was on the Reddit page the other day, kind of looking at fantasy baseball stuff. And I'm not saying it, it's something that we could we, is like is is 100 possible, but it looks like it may be possible. They're going to implement implement a bunch of different. Um, they're basically going to upgrade it a little bit next year. So if that's something that comes up, maybe that's something we could vote on a two year um, or a two week um, uh, playoff for the championship because um, it's something we talked about for a while. Um, Voting on the um, the tiebreakers not got to change. The, the tiebreaker, um, the, the, the tiebreaker has to be like regular season record, not head to head record. So wait, and just so everyone knows, I'm, you know, or or just so the three people that are listening to this know, I'm going to try to write these down and bring them up at the winter meetings. Um, so the tiebreaker change, we are. I can do that. It's fine. Um, another thing we talked about is you know filling out your roster. You know, something that we kind of had said throughout the season. Um, it kind of goes yeah, I mean, back we, to... We, yeah, we've got to be creative there. Well, because, I, I guess I mean, going let's just say, let's just say it's talking, we're talking, we're talking about Niz. And well, I, I we're think, not even talking think... about Niz, though. We're not. We're, we're not, I'm not even talking about Niz. Me and Dom had had this conversation when Dom kind of came in to help me out as assistant commissioner. What do you want to call him? it was back when Drew was in the league and he was kind of mad that I don't know what he was mad at, to be honest anymore, because it was such a long time ago, but we, I think it was something to do with Chris, but we kind of basically said to everyone, Hey, listen, we need to make sure you're um, active. You fill out your roster and that you participate in whatever it is that's going on. And I think that's kind of where the text message thread kind of came from maybe in the beginning uh, stages of it, but, going back to that's like six years ago, I think. So this is not a new problem. This is not something that we've just recently came up with in the last couple of years, you know, or you can say just not, not something that hasn't arose because of the COVID whole, you know, um, season, but it's something that hasn't been going on for a while. And we do need to, you know, I don't know. It well, just, but there's one, there's a I, I think there's one difference between me texting Chris and Chris not saying, 
yeah, I don't like that idea. Here's another idea for a trade. That's different. Not meeting a not meeting an innings minimum is something completely different. And I know that Niz has put it in the text chain, so I, I'm I feel okay like talking about it a little bit more openly. Like we've got to be better, and we've got to hold people accountable to basically throwing weeks at the end of the season when playoff implications are in 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 the balance. And um, you know, you you kind of expressed your feelings about. You know, Niz only played his guy, only adjusted his roster against me. I think that I don't think that's a hundred percent true. But when you're in when you're in the matchup and you're in the moment, you know, you definitely look at things in a little bit more of a, a little bit more of a microscope. But again, there's got to be penalties for not meeting limits. Or, I mean, I don't want to say adjusting your lineup because we all have busy lives. But for for you to miss out on 30 to 40 at bats because you didn't put in active players. Um, I think there's got to be some kind of, there's got to be something that we can do to just ensure, and maybe it's just a conversation like, Hey, be better. And I, I think again, Niz put it into the text chain that he, he want he's going to be better. And he pro- he kind of is committed to being better next season. And I hope he is. Cause I think Niz is a great dude. I, I enjoyed every interaction I've had with him. Um, but it's also frustrating when you look at his lineup and he's got five guys sitting five guys that were weren't in the lineup and four guys on his bench that were in the lineup and you know it's like you're kind of you're kind of killing me here dude so like that's what i was thinking about when we were talking about roster management and just activity is it's one thing to be silent on a trade offer it's another thing to just not be setting your lineup and meeting minimums that are set by set by the yeah. league yeah and I agree with everything you said about the last two minutes of, you know, essentially talking about Niz, but I think I'm just going back into the last five years and we can even go back farther than that is that, you know, this is something that I've kind of recently brought up this year is that we basically created this league that is, we've basically created more of what we don't want. I feel like, and uh, maybe, excuse me, I'm not saying it the right way, but, we keep adding rules. We keep adding, you know, stipulations. We keep adding this. We keep adding this. We argue about this. And yet at the end of the day, I just like playing fantasy baseball. And I wish it was easy. I wish it was easier. Um, And basically by doing all this extra stuff, we've basically made it harder for the people that are not as serious as maybe me, you and Dom and, you know, you know, a handful of other people are. And, And maybe, maybe I'm, Maybe they are serious, and it's just other things have gotten the way. But at the same point in time, it, it doesn't. It, it basically the proof is in the pudding. The last couple of years for Niz, last you know five years, we can talk about you know even Chris and um, other things than that. So, um, and again, any one of these people could come back and say, or you know, Chris for example, I've been in the playoffs a couple of years, so does it matter? No, it doesn't. You know, I know Dave kind of calls him out every once in a while on that, but I think that we each have our own view of what the league is and we all argue that view to the rest of the league. And at the end of the day, I think what it has to be is that we all want to play the fancy baseball. We like it. You know, we like watching the games. We like beating each other, whatever you have. Um, But we need to make it so it's fun and enjoyable for everyone else. So um, if it's not, you know, then maybe that's, that's another conversation in general, but I think what, 
I'm trying to get around in this round table is a couple of things that we can bring up at the winter meetings next year and have some good conversations about. Um, they're just no really good way to find someone on roster management. I think that's more of a conversation and, you know, uh, a, uh, a willingness to believe in someone's comments that they're going to manage the roster the right way. I guess. I, I feel like Ian Khan on under the radar. Is Dom still there? Is Dom is the host. Is the host still here? <laughs> DBR is still there. I'm here. <laughs> I mean, even going back to like, I mean, Dom, you kind of remember that. I mean, how we had a, I mean, me and Dom had a long conversation about it. But I mean, do do, do you, Dom? Do you agree that it's it, not to say it hasn't changed, but do you think that the five years you know before Max was in the league and the things that were talked about then? And the things that are going on now, they kind of all fall on the same umbrella, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of the you know stuff we have now were came up because of things that happened in the season that we felt they had to be addressed and and that. So yeah, like you know, fill in the offensive rosters and stuff like that. You know, all you know, we're all rules that weren't originally there, but throughout the over the years have become part of the the rules. Yeah, so um I don't know. Anything else you guys got? We got a two week champ we can talk about tiebreakers. Of course they'd be brought up filling the roster. Max you you know some fantasy budget fines maybe uh roster management um yeah, I mean, else I, what I else think happened? the I think the biggest thing I the biggest thing for me is just simplifying the league a little bit. Um, to your point, Matt, I, you know, do we need only two roster pickups during the playoffs and five and, and the, the championship round? Like, is that, is that necessary? Um, but for the most part, there wasn't any huge controversy. I want to say this year, it was just kind of, we went through our paces. We dealt with, we dealt with, you know, some shenanigans through one of the, with one of the owners and just kind of got through the year kind of. But I do think that, you know, you've brought it up a couple of times on this podcast and I agree. It's just what, what can we do to make it more, everyone more engaged all throughout the year? I mean, we have a different payout system for, for the chump where, you know, every, everybody that finishes outside the top six has to contribute a little bit instead of the chump taking on the entire responsibility of paying for all the food and all the activities um, for the, the next year's draft. But, and, and just real quick on that, like, I, I don't think anybody even knows that. I, I, you might be me, you and Dom might be the only people that know that. Yeah. You know, and I was looking at that, that this year we've also had the COVID year where Niz and Max, I'm sorry, Niz and Max, <laughs> Niz and Kevin. Yeah, I didn't finish. Uh, you did not. You did not. Not the previous. Played for eleventh that year. You were playing for eleventh. Uh, Niz and Ken had a uh, kind of like agreed upon having co helping out whatever you will. So like that, that still is in play from the previous yeah, but, year, but I'm thinking about that rule now. We're all yeah. a good bunch of dudes. We're going to give Gus his money. We're going to, I sent him a shirt for our home run derby contest. I, I like, gave him his money that I yeah. give his money on Monday. I think, I, I don't think any of us expect Miz to foot the bill to like have us have a good Saturday at his house or Sunday at his house. Yeah. I mean, and, we're all, we're all willing to contribute there, but it's like, but what can we do to make everybody that's not in the in the playoffs 
like active, like it sucked that like people were selling off and when it happened in the football league, like you're selling off in week one and, you know, Dave won this week against you. So maybe he wasn't selling off, but like, that's the kind of stuff where it's like, I, I, I what I want is everyone to be gauged engaged to the trade deadline and all the way up till when playoffs are finalized. And those are the types of things where, you know, those are the types of not rules I want to talk about, but just like, you know, is there something we can do to make everybody more engaged? And that's what I care about. And I think that's what everybody on this podcast cares about. I agree. So it's good things for talking about the tiebreaker, fancy budget fines and roster management stuff. Um, but yeah, good stuff. I'll be putting out the winter meetings sheets, hopefully in the next week or two. Um, everyone get started looking at your uh, roster. No, we can't all wait till the winter meetings. Maybe we can make some trades earlier. I've always talked about that too. I thought it'd be fun to do like a year round thing where like there was only like maybe a week or maybe like, you know, a month where nothing happened and then you could kind of open it up. But um, who knows? Make sure you add Jordan Romero to my team. I dropped um, Michael Fulmer sure. to your Will contract. Well, do. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Dom, thanks for bidding up uh, Kimbrel. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. You really, you really put a damper on my championship week. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to put a little rain in your parade. So yeah, it was, it was, there weren't clear skies once you put that $2 bid in. <sighs> you got to have that chance of rain every now and then. <laughs> Yeah. You know, you needed something good. not to go it, your way this week. It was so. a good move. It yeah. was a great move. I don't know why anyone else didn't do it. Like in the two or three weeks before that, when he was just sitting on the waiver wire. Speaking of that, you know, the contracts and things like that, I don't know. I, I didn't even look at it. I know Scott's got. Did Scott pick anybody up? Yeah, Scott put yeah, he, Scott, Scott put Hauser has, and uh, Lau and Lauer on two year deals. He's filled up. Oh, no, he and, still has, and Erod. And Erod. Erod, that was the one he did. So I remember he did somebody. I'm full. Memo has an open four year uh, and um, even three no, year. No, Memo. Memo put Memo put that uh that the Japanese player in a four year. So he has an open three year. Yeah, he's open three year. Dom, you're full. What did you put on? Oh, what's the name on? Who'd you drop, Dom? You dropped somebody for him, right? Hayes. Hayes. Yeah, Hayes. Okay, so that's good. PJ, he's full. Sean is uh, has an open three year. Max, you're full. You you fill someone in your two year. I'm assuming. Yeah, the two years. Jordan Romero under Romero. Half. Okay, uh, Dave was definitely full with Bart, which I thought was a good last move. I'm not going to talk about that one. That jackass. Um, Chris, open four year. Open three year. No, no he, he has Ashby. Ashby Ash Ash four year. Yeah. Okay, so he has an open three year. Ken is full. Niz has been full for the entire season. And speaking of money, uh, we will just do a quick. 275. He has 30. He has good money. He has 30290. Um, minus 294. And what's this? Did you add this up? 294. This has 294 next year. I'm not listening to you. Oh, has, I didn't do the two, I didn't do the has, contracts. He has two thirty one. Two thirty one. With the contracts. Wow. Yeah. Wow. With the contracts, so, uh, it's 
some there's gonna be some big ballers next year. Well, like we said last week, there's a lot of players that are gonna be able to like, Yeah, in, I was saying it last year, there's gonna be tons of players to sell. Yeah, it's it's we gonna be interesting. See. Actually he sells Pete Alonzo in a two year. Oh yeah, no, he does have Pete Alonzo in two year. Holy crap, he I didn't even no, he has wow, he has Nish has Twenty players. He only has to twenty-one players. Twenty-one yeah. players. Wow. Three players. That's crazy. Three players for two hundred and thirty-three dollars. <laughs> Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman. This is gonna get Freddie Freeman for two hundred and two pitchers. <laughs> like Cole. Wait a minute. $233 for four players. Cole Bieber no, and Freddie Freeman. 21. Yeah, four players. He has three, sorry, three players for $233. Cole, Freeman, <sighs> Bieber, and a AAA guy. Wow. All right. Ken's, Ken's going to give me all $200 for Vlad. Nice. Good luck. I know. I'm not gonna happen. So cool. Take us home, Don. All right. I'd uh ask you normally what are you guys drinking tonight? So Max, what are you drinking? Peach. I'm drinking peach high noons. I started the night with one black cherry, but I'm I'm four peaches in. Ooh. Feeling good. Yeah, no doubt. The best emoji out there, guys. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> It's a good one. It's good. It is a good one. Batty, what are you drinking? So I went to the store. I was actually going to buy a bottle of um, single barrel uh, Four Roses because I know Max usually drinks that. Then I'm like, I got oh, that. Turn, turn around and I'm like, ooh, there's a bunch of these high nooners there. Um, they're on sale for eight ninety nine. So I bought the Black Cherry, and uh, not bad, not bad at all. I'm not, not saying it's going to be a, you know, a uh, it should be a staple in your lineup. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a staple in my lineup. <laughs> but it's not bad. It's, that's, a, that's a good one. I might bust these out every once in a while to like, though. I might, uh, I might do that. They're good. Well, if you're going to drink a seltzer, it's got to be high noon. They're just, it's crazy. Uh, it's just real quickly. They're, so you get four of them, and they're typically like, if you're, you know, if you're in New York, they're probably like $80 for a four pack. But here <laughs> in Illinois, they're yeah, 12, they're, 11, they're twelve bucks in in New York for yeah, a four pack. Eleven ninety nine. That's what it was at Mariano's. It was they were on sale, so I'm like, I'll get them. Um, but that's, uh, I mean, eleven ninety nine at Benny's. Okay, so not too bad then. It's because it's real vodka. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do yeah, like that. So yeah, fucking good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> made with real juice, <laughs> and it's a great follow on Instagram if you aren't following. It is. Yeah, it's gotten a little less, though. But yeah, it's still a good one. Only 2.6 grams of sugar. Not bad. Not bad. It gets you there, too. Yeah. And you can you can do the vodka topper, too, where you pour a shot of vodka and top. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> sure, that gets you there a lot quicker. Yeah. Gets you there quicker. Yep. I started off with the, the passion fruit. That was the first time I had it. Very you know, Definitely... On the Mount Rushmore, uh, then I, I think it's oh, number four on the Mount Rushmore. Though there's four faces yeah. on the Mount Rushmore. Yes. Passion fruits, the fourth face. Yes, 
And then I went with mango, which is uh, also on the Mount Rushmore with the peach yes, and the black cherry. So I like the I black cherry. I think it's I was good. I able to get to the black cherry tonight, but uh, I had the passion fruit and the mango in honor of the champ. So, Dave, we're sorry. Yes. <laughs> All right. If any final thoughts, champ, before we wrap it up? No, can't wait for 2022. Can't wait to see everybody at the winter meetings. Hopefully everyone can make it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm not last in football either. I just want to throw that out there. Well said. Buddy, any final you know thoughts, Commission? I don't know why, but we call, we call this uh, the season, or the, at least the season of the podcast, the Chronic 2021. And, you know, like they call it in the Chronic, the last episode – this is it. It was fun. We only did 16. Um, I think we really need to sit back and, you know, uh, revamp it a little bit, you know, cause this is fun. I, I like doing this a lot with you guys and, um, it just takes my mind off everything else. And I, I love just talking baseball, talking some fantasy stuff with you guys and having a good conversation. So let's revamp it for next year. Let's, 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 uh, let's hey, do it. There, there might be some winter drops. I'm hoping for a couple winter drops. Of yeah, the wild we'll, pitch podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll do some winter drops. I don't, I don't. We haven't talked about it, but uh, every every two, three weeks or something like that, you know. And then uh, right around December, we'll get into every day again. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was a great season, and uh, congrats again, Max. Um, we'll keep it going to 2022. Well, I thank you guys again for putting up with me and doing the show. Uh, I always look forward to uh, us and our pre-fist fights and, and that. I appreciate anyone that listened all year and like to thank our Australian uh, <laughs> listener, as always. Every, every other week. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll be back every now and then throughout the offseason. Uh, winter meetings should be very interesting for sure with uh, what we want, really want the league to go to and try to simplify some rules and, and clean some stuff up. So, uh, again, Max, congratulations. Uh, look forward to seeing the rest of the 10 guys in the league and then our new member. So, until then, you guys stay classy, Chicago Baseball.